Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there. Uh, JB, it's 11-11, uh, not the time, but the date, and it's a uh, great day. Uh, you know, we just went through Election Day, and, uh, you know, whether or not we have uh, full results, it just reflects the freedoms that we have here in this country, thanks to our veterans. Uh, it, it's, it's just, for me, going down to D.C. tomorrow, I can't wait. Uh, there's a lot of pomp mm. and circumstance to be done down there. But uh, we've got a guest coming up right now who knows a lot about Veterans Day and uh, the specialness of it. So why, why should I even talk about it? Let's let him. On the phone with us is head coach Mike Toop, former head coach of Merchant Marine Academy. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are good. Uh, we uh, miss you. But uh, Coach Kroll's been doing a phenomenal job there uh, in your absence this year. And uh, first things first, how's retirement? Should have done it years ago. <laughs> haven't, made one, haven't made one bad call this year. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> to this show. That, that's probably your worst call of the year right there. There you go. Coach, oh, uh, you know, J, JB, uh, I, I will uh, get his questions over to you in a second. But you won uh, the Skip Prosser Award, I believe it was. Uh, and congratulations to you for that. For those that don't know what that award is, uh, and you are up at Kings Point for that Big game, I believe, of Coast Guard at Merchant Marine Academy, also known as the Secretary's Cup game. Tell folks what the uh, Skip Prosser Award is. Uh, Skip Prosser was a graduate of the academy, uh, was basketball coach at uh, Xavier and Wake Forest, uh, died suddenly, and uh, they came up with this award a number of years ago uh, in his honor, and uh, it was obviously uh, a tremendous honor for me to uh, be awarded that last night. Congratulations to you. Uh, I, I, I know it may, means a lot to you, and uh, it meant a lot to everybody to have you back up uh, this weekend. JB, what do you got for us? Well, I just wanted to tell Coach, first off, congratulations. I think his uh, one of his kids, I believe his daughter, was married recently. So, um, you know, one one more off the payroll, so to speak. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way there uh, as, as well, but... Just you know, kind of what he's been up to. Like, what's 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 the Tuper been doing these days? These days, and Tuper, it was your son that actually got married. I think son got married back in April, and uh, one of the reasons we went down to Texas, he uh, was he was he's, he's a veteran, was a captain of Marine Corps, and uh, got out and is a fireman paramedic down in in Dallas. Uh, met a gal actually on the job, a ER nurse. They got married back in April, so. Uh, it was a good place for us to head down to. So we bought a house in about three weeks when we got down in August and been spending all our time on a house, getting it fixed up and all of those things and emptying the 7,024 boxes my wife's hauled around for the last 40 years at eight different houses. So, so yeah, it's been good. But haven't missed a game, that's for sure. <laughs> Your wife probably wants to kill you <laughs> for all that stuff that she had to lug around. <laughs> but... And she's the boss of the house. Don't don't kid yourselves, folks. Uh, we've had this discussion before. I'm just a GA at home. Let's get that. Yes, straight. you are. Uh, hey, listen, yeah, Coach. Yes, sir. As I said in the open here, uh, Veterans Day. I, I, you know, I'm a mayor now, and people say, "Oh, you, you protect your uh, village's freedoms and you know liberties uh, to a certain degree." I'm like, "What are you talking about? The, the people that do that are are veterans, are, are military. I mean, come on." But in your own words, what does Veterans Day mean to you? Well, you know, being in a family where four generations of us served, it's, uh, 
you know, it, it was an honor for all of us and our family to serve for sure. And I, you know, I can speak for all the guys here uh, and, and all the vets in, in, in all branches. I mean, tremendous sacrifices that they that the families have to have to deal with. But, you know, as you said, without our veterans, you know, the, the freedoms that we're able to enjoy w- would not exist. So it's uh, it's definitely a great day for us to uh, to celebrate the vets. What's going to happen over at the academy besides prep for the game, obviously, on a day like today? Uh, well, actually, they had finals uh, last week, so the academy's on break this week uh, between trimesters. Uh, a bunch will be back for the game tomorrow, the mids, so it's a little quiet here. Uh, tonight, there's uh, another dinner that I'll, that I was, that I'll actually attend. Uh, you know, we do a big dinner the night before uh, the game. Uh, we'll host it where a number of the Coast Guard people, a number of Kings Point people be at the dinner and, you know, different people get up and speak and say nice things about their own academies and one another and, you know, in, in preparation for the game tomorrow. So it's, it's it's just a really great weekend. You know, as I've said, you know, I've said this over the years. I mean, this is the Army-Navy game. It's, it's smaller guys and smaller venues, but no less intense as you've witnessed firsthand and... You know, it's, it's, it's a tremendous way to culminate careers when you're a senior on either side. The uh, biggest memory I have uh, from the few that I've attended uh, has to be in 2020. One of the six games played in Division Three, I believe it was, in the fall of 2020. And you basically said, Ross, get your butt over here. We are making sure you are on campus with ESPN <laughs> and everybody else. And I came over and just when you had the COVID situation the way it was and it just took on a special meaning that whole game and being able to be there for it still gives me chills to this day so and that was thanks to you uh Tuber. so we thank you for that uh let me ask you a question though i'm going uh, down to dc tomorrow for springfield at catholic who wins that game don't care <laughs> You know what, Tuber? We lost to both hey, of them, and I'm still there, so, you know, nothing's changed. Nothing's uh, changed in retirement, so, no, but, you know, <laughs> two really good teams, um, you know, should be a hell of a battle, um, but, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be tracking it, obviously, because I still have a tremendous uh, tremendous allegiance to the new Mac and, 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 and follow it. You know, but, uh, yeah, we lost the ball, so it really doesn't matter to me. We don't get to go. So. Well, wait a minute. You have fondness in the new Mac. Catholic's uh, leaving you for the landmark. I mean, uh, where's the fondness uh, at that point? Well, you know, now that you're going to bring that up, I hope Springfield wins by 50. <laughs> <laughs> Tuper, I'm going to let you send us into our oh, open here, but I thank you for joining us and remind folks that are watching or listening to Season 15 of In the Huddle and anything else you want to say out there. Uh, I appreciate it. I've been tracking you guys all year, and, uh, you, you know, nothing's changed. You guys do a phenomenal job for Division Three. You know, D3 doesn't get the hype, obviously, but I'll tell you what, you guys know firsthand that, that the intensity level on, on the field at the Division three level is certainly no less than what you see on the on a big screen with all the D1 guys. And, and it's a lot of it's thanks to you and, and the other uh, social media uh, outlets that, that cover us. So, uh, owe a lot to you guys. Really appreciate it. Like Pat Coleman sitting on my couch right now from D3Football.com. Folks, 100%. There you go. 100%. Folks, you're a guest.
Yeah, you're watching season 15 of In the Huddle of the Live Show. Here we go. Doesn't get any better than that. I don't care what you say. Having Tuper on the show Tupor's is always awesome, a highlight. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks to him great. for. Uh, <laughs> what do you I, think I about a... this game? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Interview of the year, right there. Yeah. No, oh let's put God. it that way. Springfield by fifty. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah. retirement's oh great. God, you don't have to worry about the blowback on any of that. But that's the thing. He never worried about the blowback when he coached, so it didn't even matter back then. But no. thanks again to him. I, call, I called him up at 8 a.m. or he texted him like, hey, you awake? He calls me. He's like, what do you mean, am I awake? It's he's probably up since 4 a.m. I mean, he's, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you right baby. there. Yep, you got it. JB, yeah. uh, we're, we're looking at this uh, graphic here again, uh, courtesy of our friends at Reddit CFB, about the games that really matter, although there's one that matters a lot uh, more than probably any of these to a lot Maybe of teams across more, the country. Yeah. Yep, so why don't you run down these quickly, and then we'll talk about that other game a little bit, and we'll have a guest related to it coming up here. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for this handy graphic. We basically have the nine... Winner-take-all conference championship Pool A clinching games on Saturday, starting off with a couple at noon with UMass Dartmouth and Plymouth State, Springfield Catholic. This is in Region 1, the New England region, even though one of the teams happens to be in D.C. Go figure. Um, but, yeah, MassCAC NUMAC title kicks off at noon. And then out in Michigan, we got Albion versus Alma, a battle of undefeateds. Uh, Albion could be a potential Pool C bid team should they uh, lose this game. Potentially, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. We'll have to wait and see. Wabash and DePaul for the Mon and Bell. I know a certain Greg Thomas, a.k.a. at Wally Wabash, will be very invested in seeing this one and how it plays out. 107 kickoff with a little, I think, you know, pregame, maybe bell ringing going on. Out in the Heartland, Rose Holman takes on Mount St. Joe's in, in Cincy at 1.30. Bethel and St. John's. This is probably one of the biggest games of the of the weekend. Although we sort of tipped our 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 hat or tipped our um, you know thoughts that regardless of who wins or loses this game, both of these teams will probably make the field of 32. St. John's hosts this year, just the way the the Mayak has its rotating championship game. Uh, Bethel beat them last time. Can they do it again? Uh, we'll see. Concordia. At Aurora, out in Illinois, is also another 2 o'clock kickoff for the NACC championship out in Southern California. This actually might be a game that Greg may uh, walk across the street to go check out. The 6th Street rivalry, as it's called, Claremont Mud Scripps is taking on Pomona Pitzer, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. West Coast time, and then 5 o'clock down in Jersey. Hopefully it won't be too rainy. I think the, the what we had here in Florida is, is headed up your guys' way, um, but Christopher Newport... It's taken on Salisbury at 5 p.m. It'll probably get under the lights after about the first quarter. And now that we've gone through daylight savings time, the winner of this game will clinch the NJAC championship and go to the playoffs. 
Just wow. confirmed, Greg Thomas, I was just told uh, by our uh, producer in the background, uh, Pat Coleman, I uh, will be attending the Sixth Street Rivalry, uh, which is literally, right what, five colleges all put together, two of which will now face off on the yeah. same field that they play on normally. I, it's, it's an amazing little thing out there, uh, and people have been hitting me up about how important this game is and how unique it is this year and everything else. However... Let's go to the other board here that uh, we have, which is uh, called the Week 11 Games That Can Lead to a Poulet slash Tiebreakers, etc. That's probably the worst title we've ever had, but we'll just go with it. In the ARC, yeah. it's Wartburg yeah, and Co. at 1 o'clock. Yeah, no, not at all. In the uh, Midwest Conference, Lake Forest is Chicago. In the OAC, Mount Union at Baldwin-Wallace. In the WEAC, it's uh, Stevens Point at Whitewater and or Platteville at Lacrosse. Now... I've really circled this one. You'll see it on Quick Hits. Uh, if you haven't seen on Twitter already uh, how much importance I'm putting on this game, uh, it is a huge game. No matter how you slice this, uh, the, the Pool C implications based on how the regional rankings were set up are immense. And a lot of teams are going to be watching this yeah. game. I hope they've uh, extra bandwidth uh, reserved for the number of people tuning into it because it will be that big, I think, uh, in this country. I'll be watching on the sideline at Catholic uh, tomorrow. Let's talk to a player who's going to play in that game and talk about the implications for other teams, his team, and everything else. Sam Taos, defensive back from UW-Platteville. Hey, and we'll get him on audio-wise. There we are. Sam, how are you this morning? And how excited are you about this big game and the spotlight coming with it here? Uh, I'm pretty excited. I know the whole team's excited. Uh, big game, obviously. Like you said, the whole country's going to be watching. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, stipulations based on who wins and who win, who loses. So uh, just going into Saturday, we're excited to get after it. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet about, you know, Harden-Simmons fans and uh, if they had any messages for uh, your team out there. But we did see one that was in particular uh, pretty good, uh, the uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, please, God, let them win uh, moment here <laughs> from our friend Big Country Blitz out in uh, Twitter land. So uh, there is that. JB, I know you're excited about this game. Go ahead. Well, actually, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm just going to maybe step back and do a little bigger picture thing. You guys have had one of the more amazing seasons. I mean, this is one. This 22 season has been one of the ages for Division Three football. But you guys have had some some crazy games. You know, the win over Whitewater. Uh, you've had some, you know, sort of ups and downs. What's it, what's it been like? You know, kind of going through this roller coaster ride. How does the team feel going into this final regular season game with all this stuff on the line? Uh yeah, I mean, going into the year, <clears throat> we're all pretty excited. We uh, had a, you know, we all off season, get after it, lift in practice. We felt like we had a strong team. And then going into the year, we started off pretty slow, which is not kind of what we expected. And then I think once we played Oshkosh, you know, we kind of got ran a little bit there, but I think that was a turning point. I think all the leaders on the team, all the guys on the team kind of realized, like, we got to step it up. We got to put a little more effort in, practice harder, and then, you know, from there, uh, River Falls, Whitewater, you know, leading up all the way up to this week, and now we have a chance to do something special and win a game that, you know, we really shouldn't even be here based on how the season started, but, you know, we came back. I, I want to walk you through it a little bit here, actually, and uh, courtesy D3Football.com's graphics, so I'm going to uh, walk you through it here for a moment. Uh, I mean, there was a point in this season when you were one and three, and granted, uh, one and two against Division three uh, opponents. I can't tell what Michigan Tech is or isn't, so we'll just kind of just go with it. Uh, but you know, one and three 
is uh, where your start was. Uh, they are D2, but I mean, in terms of how strong they are in D2, uh, I, it's you know always tough to assess that. And then, okay, that Stevens Point win, nice, but uh, expected. But then this gauntlet of River Falls and Whitewater, you guys win these games and then lose that, what was it, triple overtime game against Stout, bounce back against Eau Claire. Sam, this has been a bizarre season, no doubt, but how did you guys get it back on the rails when you guys started with that pretty horrendous start, all things is considered, despite that Bethel win? Um, you know, like I was saying, after that Oshkosh game, the coaches talked to us, talking about just in practice, we just got to make sure we turn it up. We're not slacking in any drills, any indie periods we get that we're all in. You know, th- there's nothing to lose at that point when you're one and three. There's no, there's no taking anything lightly it's all just it's all gas you know what I mean and uh I think once we saw the success from River Falls and see like what what we could really do I think that really kind of you know carried us into Whitewater having a strong game and then obviously Stout was a little bit of a letdown but you know it was a close game triple overtime you know anything can happen in those games so you know now we're just moving on Sam, one of the things I noticed from your stat sheet is that you forced a fumble in the win over Whitewater. I imagine in this you know, game with a team like lacrosse that turnovers are going to play a role. Have, what, have, what have been some of the things sort of defensively that you guys have been sort of talking about, preparing for? I mean, this is a strong uh, Eagles offense coming, in, coming into Saturday. Um, I mean... You just got to take advantage of what, you know, opportunities there are. You know, you can't do anything crazy. Our coaches are always telling us that, you know, do your job, make your play when it comes. And if there's an opportunity and you show up, you know, that, that's what's been happening the whole year. We got linebackers making picks, DBs making picks, big plays. And it's not like some other people are doing more than others. It's all just a team effort. Everyone's making plays when the time comes. Sam. I was kind of harsh, I guess, on our Wednesday live show uh, when we uh, talked about the regional rankings, about the chances of a potential six and three team. Yeah, uh, me harsh. Who knew? Uh, Six and three, uh, at least in Division three uh, uh, team, and the chances they have of getting in through Pool C. But there is some thought out there that the Region six rack has lined you up in a way where you will be on the table at some point, probably, and under discussion if you win. Saturday. I think it's time for equal time here to give you the floor and say to you, Sam, make the case to those listening out there because, yes, granted, emotional uh, appeals are not one of the criteria, I don't believe, for uh, selection of pool C, but there is a human element out there. Make your appeal. If your team wins against lacrosse on Saturday, should you be picked and why? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, I think we should pick, be picked. We've, be, uh, we've beat big teams, good teams throughout the year. I think that just looking at some of the losses we've taken have been critical and obviously hurt us, but just the teams we have be- beaten and kind of where we can be, I think I, I, I think there's just – it definitely is up for discussion, like you said. Like, I don't, I don't think we should be overlooked by any means. You know, lacrosse is a good team. Whatever happens Saturday happens, but, you know, we beat Whitewater, we beat River Falls, and I think Bethel, uh, we just have a proven track record of beating these these top-tier teams that I think it means something. 
Absolutely. So, um, so I don't really know my, the geography of, of Wisconsin that well, but, um, you know, do you expect, what kind of a crowd are we expecting? You know, I think the games at lacrosse Platteville is probably not that far away. I mean, I imagine the pioneer faithful will, you know, get in their wagons and roll on up. What's, what's the game day experience going to be like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of lacrosse fans, but I, I think our Pioneer fans travel well. Our Pioneer families are always there. They're cheering. Even at Michigan Tech, seven hours away, that, that, that little stands that we had for the away team was filled, and there's a lot of energy from them, so I'm sure they'll, they'll show out for sure. Sam, uh, it, it's tough for us to tell who's who and what's what in terms of eligibility remaining. Uh, you are listed as a senior. Some schools now list grad to indicate to us this is the final year for a player. Uh, what is next for you, win, lose, or draw uh, at the end of this? Or do, are you still up in the air? Do you have eligibility remaining? Are you considering using it? I mean, tell us a little bit about you, and then uh, I have another uh, way to you know learn a little bit more about you. I'll show you in a second, but go ahead first on that question. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I got one more year left. I know our defense as a whole, we got a lot of guys that got one more year left. I know a lot of us are planning on, you know, using that extra year, playing another year of football. So I think yeah, as we look at our team as a whole, we got we got a good we got a good year coming next year too. you know, additionally. I think I just heard a bunch of thuds uh, in uh, Wisconsin uh, from uh, we had head coaches saying, Damn it all, he's coming back possibly next year. What the hell? Can't get rid of this guy. Anyway, uh, Sam, I, I found a way to learn a little bit about you, and uh, this is about a year old now, so maybe some of the answers have changed. However, uh, your uh, media folks over at uw Platteville do a great job, and uh, we're going to meet you uh, via a little old video, and JB, take some notes, because I think we're going to have some follow-up questions coming up very soon here. Hi, my name is Sam Taos. I play football here. I'm a junior in the classroom and I play safety. Uh, I decided to choose Platteville because when I went on my tour here, uh, we walked around the campus obviously and all the facilities they had were uh, pretty nice and up to date compared to other campuses that I visited. Uh, favorite spot on campus would have to be, there's like a hidden area right behind the basketball courts that's pretty quiet so you can get a lot of homework done there, there's not too, much, too many people walking around. Uh, some advice I'd give my freshman self would be uh, to get out a little bit more and maybe go to the gym and make some other friends outside of football. Uh, my favorite thing about being a pioneer football player would be uh, all the friendships that I made with uh, the guys. You know, they've been through the grind with you uh, through summer camp and even during the season, waking up early, going to bed late. So, yeah. Pump up music. Uh, Dark Queen by Lil Uzi. The Water Boy. Road Trip Snack. Uh, probably just a bag of barbecue chips. I'll, I'll just go with uh, the office. Definitely at the uh, field house playing pickup basketball. Yep. Uh, Got to be the same socks, same undershirt, same sliders. Uh, it's all game day specific. Uh, down south, probably to Florida where it's nice and warm on the beach. Sam, be honest, do you Florida, wash baby. those socks? Love it. Do, you, do you wash the socks? Do I wash the socks? Yes, I do wash the socks. <laughs> that might be a great way to really, you know, uh, be a good defender out there is by not washing the socks. But uh, some guys won't uh, yeah, if they're right. a tradition like that. But, okay, uh, The Water Boy, still your favorite movie? Yeah, no, I love that movie. Ever since I was little watching it with my dad, my family, my mom, yeah, it's a great movie. Okay, well, you know. Random it, fact, Frank, 
Yeah, real, real quick. The water boy, the, all the football scenes were filmed just about 45 minutes north of me in Deland at Stetson University uh, in Florida. So what can I say? Sam, there's a, a trophy uh, that was pointed out to me, or our good friend Pat Coleman's here, and uh, he saw your background there. Uh, there's a trophy right behind you, depicted at least. Uh, tell us about what that is and how, how meaningful that is for you guys to possess it right now. Um, yeah, if you're talking about the, the Whitewater, the, the, the Memorial Axe between Whitewater and Plyville, yeah, that, that was a great moment. I remember last year we, you know, we kind of got blown out by Whitewater just to be straightforward. And you know, seeing them, you know, win the axe and their whole team celebrating around it's, it's a bittersweet moment. And you know, coming next year, I think on on our home field, I think we play really well at home. And uh, you know, to actually come out with the with the win and see Muns get that axe and the whole team celebrate around them, I think that was that was a really special moment. That was a really special moment. Well, that's awesome. Well, we, we wish you luck on Saturday. I know the whole nation's going to be watching you guys, and, and you know it, it's going to affect the whole entire tournament, I think, depending on how things shake out. So uh, we, we wish you well, and, and we'll, we'll be tuning in for sure from various parts of the country. But Sam, wanted to say this is your floor now. We'd like to have this tradition for all the student-athletes who join us to have a chance to do shout-outs to any family, friends, coaches, whoever, uh, teammates, etc. Floor is yours, Sam. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, mom and dad, for sure, they, they, they put me in a position to succeed and be where I'm at right now. Family, obviously, brothers and sisters. And I'll say our, our whole team, more specifically, like our defense as a whole, I think we got, we got a really special culture here. I think even – all the way starters, young guys, freshmen, seniors, everybody, like we're all, we're all bought in together. We spend time together outside of football, and I think what we got going is really special. I, I, I can't remember a team having a roller coaster season like this, to be honest with you, and what we showed earlier, what you talked about, and the highs and the lows, or the lows and the highs, I guess, uh, in some ways we should look at it as. Uh, Coach Munns must be a special guy to be able to get you guys to still kick it into high gear the way you did midseason and forward. So send uh, him our best. I know he's very hands-on and uh, was reaching back out to us yesterday and your sports information department as well for all their help on this interview. But, Sam, good luck to you. We'll see what happens here. If you win, I know you guys are going to be tuning in uh, to the selection show 5 o'clock Eastern time, 4 o'clock Central on NCAA.com. And uh, we'll be uh, talking to the chair after that. Uh, so uh, we got a lot of content that might affect your team. First things first, get your business done on Saturday. Good luck to you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Sam Tiles joining us, Thanks, folks. Sam. Getting up extra early to join us. I, mean, you know, I think at the start of the Absolutely. interview, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, well, I would be. I'm, I, it's 9 it's o'clock. o'clock. I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, JB, um, we showed the, uh, the big games, but there are other games out there uh, that are big as well for their own reasons in regions one through games, six. Yeah. Yep, so I'm going to let you run through uh, them a little uh, more speedy here because we have a record number of games to pick coming up in our prediction segment and also a couple uh, hype videos uh, slash uh, Twitter videos that we want to show as well, which is now our new uh, weekly tradition when we can find them without commercial music attached. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Here we go. 
Yeah, so Friday night we got a couple of games in New Jersey. Um, Canes taking on TCNJ, and then coming down from Maine, I saw they, they posted a picture on Twitter. They had a practice at Princeton University. The Nor'easters of New England are taking on Rowan, the profs, uh, on Friday night. Well, tonight, I guess, yeah, 7 o'clock. And, and then Saturday we got all the big rivalry games, the Secretary's Cup, what we talked about with Coach Toop, the, the Coast Guard uh, against Merchant Marine. We got Cortica at Yankee Stadium, where I know, you know Pat Coleman and D3Football.com will be there front and center to cover that. We got the shoes. It looks, I can see the helmet over your shoulder, Frank. I see the U. We got the Union against RPI. Amherst Williams, the biggest little game in, in the country, as they, as they like to call it. Um, you know, and, and even... Saturday Night Lights up in Maine, man. You got Colby at Bowdoin for the, I think, the CVB, uh, that little rivalry cup thing that they got going on up there. We got Carnegie Mellons taking on Case Western Reserve, which won't really affect the pack title anymore, given you know Case's one-point loss. They've had two games this season, Frank. They've lost 14-13. to 13. That's really got to stick in the craw of the Spartans a little bit. But they could play spoiler to Carnegie Mellons, you know, nationally win streak is what 16 games they, they won in a row now regular season however you want to call it um you know no contest notwithstanding but obviously it looks like you you like the secretary's cup i i i'll i've thrown some little nescac love to uh colby and Bowden. um cmu versus case is your pick for the game too i'm surprised you didn't pick the shoes frank come on you're they might they might well, take away your union alumni well, card let me- let me tell you the reason I did it. I, I can't remember a game with implications like this at 7 p.m. on Selection Saturday, uh, which causes some real huge problems. Uh, not only do they lose an hour on the other side on Sunday because we're moving it up to 5 p.m., mm. the Selection Show, but this game will not be done until about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and they can't in earnest do their first set of rankings and then get everything squared away with the racks and everything else until this is done. It's going to be a late night, yeah. It's going to be in the late night, and I, I kind of feel bad for the uh, committee in this respect because they have been trying to move games. So, remember last year when I was trying to get Union RPI moved to 5 o'clock or something, and that was controversial? Yeah. 7 o'clock ain't any better in this respect, so here we go with that. No. Let me uh, move us on to Regions 3 and 4. It is not uh, plentiful in these two regions in terms of uh, games mm-hmm. that – uh, we're going to look at beyond the ones we talked about earlier. Uh, although Randolph making a Hampton Sydney a pretty darn uh, big game out there. Uh, Maryville game, yeah. at Bellhaven as well. Hanover in, at Franklin and Hendricks at Barry. Uh, I pick uh, Randolph making a uh, Hampton Sydney. You pick Maryville at Bellhaven, which Bellhaven's still technically with a punter's chance. Uh, the if they finished nine and yeah. one, but their strength of schedule is woeful. You never know. And we have yeah. not been uh, shy about telling them that. In Region Four, we both pick Hanover versus Franklin, <laughs> and I will let That's you finish game, out. Yeah. Yep, uh, well, five. Really. It's a victory no. bill game. Yeah, I was thinking of the yep. Rose Holman game. <laughs> That's right. Regions uh, five yeah, and six. So uh, out in, in five and six. Yeah, Lawrence and Rippin. Rippin is in the. In the regional rankings, they kind of need to win this game to stay up there. We'll see. And then there's all that, that crazy Midwest Conference tiebreaker situation. You, you're picking that one. But I, I think, you know, Central at, at Dubuque could be interesting. Dubuque still with, as you said, a punter's chance of, of winning the ARC through kind of a Rose Bowl rule tiebreaker situation. That's something to keep an eye on. Oshkosh at Eau Claire. The reason I put that one out there is I think Oshkosh, if they win this game, will in, fin, effectively finish 
second or th well third or, or fourth I don't, in the in the WEAC, and they have a chance to get picked for the Isthmus Bowl. Um, and so if they win that game, I think the Titans are going to get that call, and they'll probably end up playing against Wash U. We'll see. Out west, we got George Fox. Whit Whitworth is a solid game. Um, both both of those schools put on great broadcasts. If you're just a fan of D3 football, tune in for that one specific at, at Pac Lou, another uh, Northwest um, you know, rivalry game. So we, we each kind of like some of the different stuff out there, and we'll see what happens. Let's go to uh, some of our uh, favorite videos of the week. Um, we've got two here. Uh, first off, uh, we'll go with your pick. Uh, you beat me to this one, uh, basically. Uh, but, you know, what better way to celebrate Secretary's Cup than uh, on a bar stool? Or, well, with bar stool, perhaps, uh, in this case. Here is uh, how they uh, decided to celebrate. Yep. Hey boys, are you gonna big game this week for those puddle pirates, the Secretary's Cup? That's right, when your coaches want to win cup. If you wanna play good, you're gonna look good. If you look good, you play good. So you got those battle standard blue uniforms with you guys this week. Represent the one point two. We all lost their lives, the ultimate sacrifice in this country. So we need Case Point to go out there and beat the Coast Guard and beat them like the yeah. Those uniforms are just awesome. Where can I buy one? Take my money, please. I mean, those are great. Love it. Did he really call He's them puddle warriors? <laughs> Did he really call the Coast Guard I, oh, pirates? I, th I thought he started calling oh, puddle pirates. That I was thought it. he called them puddle pirates. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh God, Dave Portnoy, uh, you could get in trouble for that one eventually. Uh, anyway, uh, we're gonna go to Yes Network for this one, uh, and uh, courtesy them on this, uh, but. Uh, you know, it's a big-time game, Yankee Stadium. Uh, there's no avoiding uh, how huge this is. You know, we, we talked about why I'm not there. That's uh, in the past here. It's still huge, huge game, no matter how you slice this. Uh, and it has implications for seeding. Uh, but it's Cortica. And what does Cortica mean? Well, here you go. Cortica is literally like a national holiday in upstate New York. I mean... It was just fun because it's the time of year when all your friends from all different colleges, they come, they meet up for that weekend. It's just in New York state and all over, people are coming there to have a good time with all their friends. And the game is so important too. And especially this year with both teams being undefeated, it, it adds to it. I just remember that it always used to be on either Cortland's campus or Ithaca's campus. And it was just ab absolutely wild. I mean, it was such a good time to sort of reminisce with all your old friends and people on campus. And you sort of intertwined your college friends with your high school friends and friends from home. And that's just such a unique experience. And it, it, it was just awesome. In college, it's the biggest, what, the biggest little game there is. And like there's the Yankees and the Red Sox. But when you're in college in this moment, it, it feels like that. It's a pure rivalry. It's so close. It's a 25 minute, 30 minute drive. And as a player, not only for baseball, but I can't imagine how the football players feel in that. You, that's one of the most important games of the year. And it doesn't matter if 
the team that you're playing is 0-12 that year and the other team's 12-0, it's always going to be a competitive game just because of the rivalry of it. Okay, we've got a little uh, person, uh, little person now. You're not a little person. You're, you're a big boy. Little person, uh, come on. Yeah. yeah. Back, back home and joining us. <laughs> He's a man. And, uh, he, he, I'm a man. Uh, I'm 49. <laughs> Me too. Well, well, almost. Pretty soon. <laughs> uh, you're going to Cortica tomorrow. You made this trip out here with your daughter, Colleen. Uh, I know Larry Raloff from D3 Photography is oh, uh, coming out as well. So uh, you're going to have great coverage, and that's what I was referring to uh, in that video yesterday. But how excited are you for this? You went to the one at MetLife, but yeah. what about this one? Well, I'm always excited for any game that's in a big venue. We have been advocating for this for a long time, as you know, Frank. Uh, and I'm glad to see that Cortica Jug has really kind of gone into this with uh, full force. I remember we were talking about it being like in whatever the Carrier Dome is called now in Syracuse. This is so much better. MetLife and now Yankee yeah. Stadium. What a great venue for this game. So I'm super excited. Uh, this game has been like I just had, you know, this is a week I have my daughter. So it was like. Uh, she's got to come with me. There was no way I was going to miss it, and I was not going to give up a weekend with my daughter, her senior year of high school. So we're doing we're doing all the things. I'm looking forward to it. You're doing it live. <clears throat> we're doing it live. Yes, you are. So I convinced uh, Pat to join us here for uh, lightning picks. So now we have to be super lightning here, JB, because we have 20 games okay. to pick right now. 20 games. And this is going to be... I mean, I, I had look, a feeling you were going to do this. I, when I when I looked at all the lists, I'm like, there's no way we can do like 13 or, or 12 or whatever. There's just too many. It's too many. It, it, so 20, don't blame me. I'm not trying to like, you know, stack the deck here. We still have 31 games in the playoffs to call and maybe even some bowl games if we want to go that way next week. But first things yeah. first, uh, let's uh, get everything moving here. And we'll start with a little bit of music. And uh, so here's what we'll do. We'll go rotation-wise. So... Uh, we'll go reverse rotation. JB, you'll start the first game. I'll start the second. Pat, the third game, and so it's forth. Like a just, snake draft. Yeah. He's, okay. Well, not really, because we're not oh, going no. back and forth. We'll just keep rotating. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let goes. me see here. What's our first game? You ask. It is the Mascac Championship. Uh, you must start with the Plymouth State. JB, go. I'll take the Corsairs of Dartmouth to win this one. I think their offense is just a little too explosive, although the Panthers will keep an interesting lower-scoring game, 30, well, 27 to 20. JB, say it with me. Dante Avila-Santos will play 60 minutes. Damn. Oh, I said damn it too soon. <laughs> 60 minutes of damn football in the win here, uh, even on damn. the road. Yeah, damn. Uh, it's going to be 30-17, UMass Dartmouth. Uh, I'm going UMass Dartmouth. Also, love offense over defense, even though that's not the way people say it should be. And I think this is a bigger margin. I think this is like 34-14. to 14. Bold prediction there to start things off. I'll start this one. Hey, it's your show. I can do all the bold things on this show. Yeah, but it does get out there. People will see your face. Don't worry. Springfield at Catholic, I will be there. <laughs> and so this is going to be a tough one to pick for... Me, I'm going to say you give it to the team that's been there before in these types of situations. I'm not going to say Springfield by 50 like Tuper just did uh, at the open of the show, but I will say Springfield by 20 uh, by the score of 34-14. Pat? This is a snake draft, then. It's exactly what this is, you yeah, see. Okay, fine. Uh, I, Catholics are my alma mater. I cannot do anything other than that. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting, tight game. You're going to be in a good place. 35-34 Catholic. Go Cards. This fist on camera. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, 
I mean, the one thing about triple option in offense is at least they can keep the other offense off the field for an extended period of time, but they may score fast. I'm going to go with the pride. I just feel like they're a little more battle-tested, um, but high scoring, 42-35. Another championship here in the NJAC. It's CNU at Salisbury. Pat starts. All right, so I'm going to take Salisbury in this one. I'm just basically going wherever our poll goes or wherever my ballot goes. So I think this is like Salisbury 27 to 17. JB? I mean, Salisbury beat TCNJ 70 to 17, and TCNJ almost beat Christopher Newport last week. It was a 24 21 game. I think Salisbury wins big, say 42 to 14. By the way, I just started the clock, so we had a little bit of grace period there. <laughs> I will say, hey, what'd you expect? Salisbury, uh, again, I'm going to pick who's been there before. I think it's been since 2014 that CNU's uh, been in the playoffs. So I'm going to say Salisbury wins this game. Uh, 37-20. Next game up, JB starts. It will be uh, in the ODAC, Randolph-Macon at Hampton-Sydney. JB. Yeah, I mean, Randolph-Macon's got that, that QB who's so accurate. I think they're going to just roll in this one uh, on their way to hosting a playoff game uh, next Saturday. I'll take the, I think, the what are they, the Jackets? Um, Yellow Jackets, yep. Or the Hornets or something? No, Yellow, Yellow Jackets. Jackets, right. Uh, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Keith, Keith McMillan. He, he's probably 23 or something like that. Um, Randolph-Macon wins 49 to 35. The quarterback you're speaking of is Drew Campanelli, former Franklin Pierce quarterback, the winless Franklin Pierce team that he left to come and transfer to Randolph-Macon. You'll see a lot of stuff about that uh, this week. And uh, he is something. He's a bit of a phenom at Randolph-Macon, so great to see him meshing well with a new team. And I think you're right. Although the moment of this game can be very huge once you play it for your first time. But I think he will get the ship righted by the second half and win this game by the final score of 30-24. I love Marty Favrad, head coach at Hampton Sydney. used to be an assistant at Catholic. His guy with a basketball background, head coach of football, love it. But they haven't won the game against Randolph-Macon in I don't know how many years. It's one of those umpteens where I lose track. Keith Beal turns 46 today. Randolph-Macon 46. And uh, Hampton Sydney, assuming they have two goalposts, 23. I'm older than Keith? Really? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I always thought I had a year. That's right. Yeah, sad but true. Uh, Albion at uh, Alma. I think I'm tripping on it now that you were doing pronunciation 101 on this now. Uh, Albion will win this game. Uh, I believe that they just have, again, the, the experience in these moments, and uh, Alma has not had that level of experience. Albion is also a very well-balanced team, I view them as, so I think they win this game. Uh, a little bit lower scoring than normal, 27-21. Uh, I'm going to go Albion against Alma as well. I'm going to say something like 38-23. Uh, to 23. Alma, big weapon. Jose Hernandez, I think that's the right first name. The kicker who had two big 50-yard field goals last week. That's why I say 23. Do you, uh, Does Alma get in uh, through Pool C, do you think? I don't see Alma as a viable at-large right now, no. JB? Yeah, me neither. And and I think the Brits are just a little more battle tested. I think they learned a lot about their team when they they eked out that twenty to nineteen win at Trine. I think they're on their way back to the playoffs, and so I'll I'll go with the Brits, uh, twenty eight to twenty four. I think it's the score the score of the year. Might as well. It's the Great Thomas Bowl. All right, so. Um... I'm going with defense on this one. I know I went with offense before, but this is a game that I think I favored DePaul by a score of something like 28-24. to 24. JB? 
Yeah, I mean, I know that Lee and Thompson QB can has helped them win some crazy games, but I also feel like DePaul's defense, like Pat was alluding to, might be the difference here. A little bit more of a back-and-forth affair, but I'll take the Tigers 31-28. to 28. The home team matters to me here, actually, in the game like this. I'm going to go with DePaul, uh, and I'm going to go uh, with DePaul by a score of 24-23. A sweep in the Monon Bell picks. I was not expecting that. Yeah, seriously. Wabash Sorry, Greg. on returning punts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. True. Okay, Rose Holman at uh, Mount St. <laughs> Joseph. Uh, JB, you start. Mount St. Joe's did not look impressive last week, but they have managed to win all their games. Rose Holman's a little up and down. So, I mean, I think, once again, I'll give the home team a little edge there. I think the Lions will hang on in a 35-28 to 28 game. I'm going to, again, allude to uh, giving a little edge to those who have been there most recently, and I think Rose Holman is that team in this situation. I'm going to give them a slight edge in this game, even on the road, by the final score of 30-27. Uh, the way Mount St. Joe's season has gone, Rose Holman will be leading 28 to 20 against Mount St. Joe's at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and Mount St. Joe's will win this one, 42 to 28. Bold prediction. That's a uh, become a, not even a comeback, but just a pronunciation a that later on in the game. Uh, I will start with Mount Union at Baldwin Wallace. Mount Union by 40, 47 to seven. Uh, Mount Union 27 to seven. Baldwin Wallace has a way of keeping these games lower scoring against Mount Union. JB. Plunk, plunk, plunk uh, for three or four touchdowns. I think 35 to 21. I think Baldwin Wallace scores a few late. The My Sharona Championship game. Uh, Concordia, Wisconsin at Aurora. And uh, that's you. Oh, gosh. I haven't had given this game a whole lot of thought, so I'm going to favor Aurora in the Frank mold, I guess, of the team that's been there before. I love uh, the way the new quarterback has played this year, and I, I just think Aurora is a little more prepared for this game and maybe give the coaching edge, too, to Don Beebe, and that's all I got right there. Score? Oh, yes, a score. Uh, uh, um, 45-21. We look for results versus opponents in this uh, oh, show. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Results are just wins and losses. That's what I was told. <laughs> yeah. not Sorry, JJ, we love you, but no. Go ahead, JB. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the Don Beebe's will pull away in this one and win it 45 to 30. The Frank reasoning continues here. Aurora's been there. Uh, so I'm going to say that they win this game 35 to 17. Uh, next up, Wartburg at Coe. And JB, you start. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I've heard a lot about this Wartburg team all season. I know Coe, I think I might have picked in the preseason as a team to watch in the ARC, but. I think too much Wartburg. Um, they, they scored like 81 points last week. I think they win big, say 45 to 21. Note to Wartburg, you cannot carry points over from a game the previous week. Uh, Wartburg still wins this game uh, 37 to 20. Yeah, I like what Coe has done this year. It's been a nice kind of resurgence for the Cohawks, but I'm also favoring Wartburg, and I don't think there's any reason for them to let up 56-17. Wow, hello. And Wartburg is that good. I thought my uh, Mount Union prediction okay. was something. Uh, okay, Lake Forest at Chicago, and I believe I start this one. And Jim Catanzaro would disown me if I said that he was going to lose this game. But he, he also has a certain level of respect for Chicago. I know that. But they need to put their foot on the accelerator from start to finish because his freaking tiebreaker that the Midwest Conference uses, please, please change this. 
Lake Forest wins 17-7. to uh, I think similarly, Lake Forest wins this. It's a little higher scoring, though. Um, and I think I'm going to go with, like, 28-27. I've got a lot of those 20 games in the 20s in my brain today. Yeah. That's what happens when we do this all the time. JB? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Foresters, say 21-17. I mean, I know that running back from Chicago has been something else, but I just feel like Coach Cat and company, that they, they know what they need to do to make the playoffs, and they'll, they'll clinch it. Score early, score often, basically, is the answer to that. Bethel at St. John's in the Mayax uh, version of uh, Divisional Round Robin BS to get to this game. I just, I still don't even understand it. I think you start, though. <laughs> All right, great. Well, I am counting on Jaron Rusty being as healthy as everybody says he is. Bruce Sternum, and they held him out of the end of last week's game against Augsburg for pain management. If that is true, I expect to see Rusty in really good shape. And I expect another barn burner between these two teams. Um, gosh, in the amount of something like 34 to 32. Now I'll just pick something weird, right? I've got too many threes and sevens in my head. 34, 32, Bethel, and yeah, I think St. John still makes the field. Uh, pain management is what you used to do with me on the message boards back in the old days, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, still on Twitter now. <laughs> JB. <laughs> got it, got it, we got a best, clock here. That's the best thing I've heard. Oh my God, that was classic. Um, you know, I think you know I've been kind of down on the Johnnies this season, but I feel like they're gonna they're kind of peaking at the right time. You know, they won this one in a close one last year on the road, so I'll give it to them at home. Uh, say it's like a twenty-eight to twenty-seven close call, but Johnnies win. Jerry Fashing will sound like Pat uh, by the end of this game in a winning uh, cause as St. John's gets revenge in this game against Bethel by a final score of twenty-one ten. All sorts of respect to the Royals and Coach Steve Johnson. Please send your cards and letters to Patrick <laughs> Coleman of D3Football.com. Oh, my God. Uh, Claremont Mud Scripps at Pomona Pitzer. The 6th Street uh, rivalry is for all the marbles in the Skyac, and JB starts. You know, early a couple weeks ago, I would have probably said Pomona you know, was the team, but then we saw that result against Redlands, and I was kind of like, what's going on with the Sage Hens? I think CMS is going to be the team. Uh, they'll, they'll win this one. I think it'll be a higher scoring game, like 42 to 35, but I'll, I'll go with the Mud Scripps. Mud Scripps flips the Scripps on Pomona Pitzer in this game, indeed. Uh, they win by the final score of 27 20. I'm going to try to avoid all the tongue twisters. Justin, Justin Edwards, huh, I stumbled yeah. anyway, has been a great running back for the Stags this season. Strange things can happen in a rivalry game. Uh, especially when they're just like three blocks apart. But I'm taking Claremont in this one also. I think it's going to be maybe a little bit lower scoring on one end, and I'm going to go 35-20 to 20 for CMS. Okay, I think, uh, is that the end of our, uh, no, 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 hold on. Uh, oh, we're, we're not done. <laughs> no, it's Platteville oh, no. game. lacrosse. And you know what? Yeah, as the music restarts, I think I have this in my predictions and quick hits, so a little uh, preview tease here. I think Platteville does it. It's just like every time you count them out in anything this season, they find a way to screw the entire system over, and they've been doing it over and over. The weakiness continues. Platteville beats number seven lacrosse by the final score of 17-14. No chance. I mean, not that there's no chance. I just don't agree. Uh, Platteville (laughs) has been... 
Platte Bills have been really good at home. They've won a lot of those games at home. They've not been quite as good on the road. This is one of their shorter trips, and that's helpful, but I still think lacrosse holds serve. They see the bid on the horizon, and they're going to go take it by the score of something like 27-24. JB? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've liked the Eagles for a while now. I think they're um, a solid squad. I mean, you know, Platteville could pull off the, the upset, but it wouldn't really be that big of an upset in certain in cases. I agree with Pat, though. Lower scoring game, it's probably going to be like a 17-14 or 17-10. Maybe a field goal decides it, but I'll, I'll go with the Eagles at home. All week we've been getting the misnomer of the biggest little game in America being Cortica. It is not. It is Amherst versus Williams. And, Pat, uh, I think you've been to this game at least once in your time, no? I actually have not. I've been to NESCAC play, but I only spent one year in New England. um, And I was at ESPN this weekend in Week 11. Um, Amherst has had a really, really, really tough season. Um, Williams has had, you know, without Bobby Mamera and all that, been a bit of a struggle as well, but this is Williams. This is Eve's game, and I'm going to say uh, 21-7. JB? Yeah, I, you know, I'll go with Coach Ray in the East also. Um, probably like a 28-21 to 21 game, but Amherst has been a little hot and cold. I think Williams will, will get it done. You know, normally I ride in the, uh, with that same train that you just said, the uh, Coach Ray train, and I, something about this game is always seems to flip their own script in this game. And I'm going to give Amherst the win on this one. Uh, another topsy-turvy 2022 story in uh, Division Three football is the way it goes here. Amherst wins 24-20. Okay, next up is a game I'll be attending tonight. Kane at TCNJ, and I believe JB starts here. Yeah, TCNJ has been interesting. They um, Their defense has really shown up at certain times this year, and then other times they've struggled. But I think they're a little bit better than the Cougars, so I think it'll be kind of like last week's game, a 24-21 close call, but I'll, I'll give it to uh, TCNJ. Yeah, really, Salisbury almost looked past them, and uh, TCNJ does have some strength at certain yeah. periods throughout the season. I will give TCNJ the win here as well by the final score of 20-10. to 10. I know the rain's supposed to start here. Is it supposed to rain down in Trenton? It's probably going to, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to keep the score low, but I still think TCNJ as well, so that I'm going to go like 16-15. 16-15, that's a unique one for today. Safety uh, Dutchman Shoes game, here we go. Dutchman Shoes game, ladies and gentlemen. Union at RPI, and this is my start. Come on, it's Union's game, folks. Come on, I don't care if it's at RPI. It's going to be Union winning this game. 24 to 21. Eh, the hell with it. 28-24, JB, just for you. Uh, I'm going to go RPI 7, Union 6. Seems to be the way of the world for RPI <laughs> this year. JB. Uh, well, since I have this big flag behind me, I, I kind of need Union to win this game to, to knock RPI down a little bit so Hobart has a better chance of getting an ECAC bowl bid. So I will ride with the, with the Dutchman. I think their offense is just a little too strong, even though RPI's defense is great. And as Coach I knows, if I pick against RPI, they always win. So it's a win-win for everybody. Union 21, RPI 17. We are now on the dartboard again in the locker room of RPI. Uh, Carnegie Mellon at Case Western Reserve, uh, the 7 p.m. game on Saturday night. And uh, I, I think you start this, right? <laughs> uh, I'll certainly take it to start. 2019, Oshkosh upset Whitewater in Week 11. I'm playing Stat Boy right now, just like I did on Twitter a little bit ago. That's not going to happen this time. Carnegie Mellon holds serve. <laughs> they finish out 10-0, and and they win this game. Again, another low-scoring game, let's say 12-8. to JB? Yeah, I mean... 
Carnegie Mellon's figured out ways to win games when they don't even score offensive touchdowns. Their defense gets the job done. Case Western has, you know, they had their chance last week. I think this this will be Carnegie Mellon's, you know, 10th win in a row here. So I'll take them 17 to 14. Close call, but Tartans win. Carnegie Mellon has uh, kind of screwed over the Case Western seasons in the past when they were having uh, big runs, and this game has just kind of stifled them uh, heading into the playoffs, and now I think they're going to actually go vice versa on them. Drew Saxton, an incredible career, incredible quarterback, incredible guy, as uh, Coach D. D, uh, Donato tells us all the time from Grove City, uh, they're close friends uh, through the years, and I think Saxton rises to the moment, Gets he knows about the Carnegie Mellon defense, and I think if there's a quarterback that can beat them, it is true. I'm going to give Case Western the upset win here, twenty, uh, yeah, twenty to fourteen in a close one. Hey, Cortica, who knew? It's a big game. JB starts. You know, I think the biggest difference in this one, Frank, is the fact that I can name multiple um, offensive weapons for Cortland and other than A.J. Winfield for Ithaca. Is, I don't really know. Maybe Mikey Anderson. I think Cortland just got too much offense. Zach Boys is going to take it to another level, and I think Cortland's going to win this one going away, let's say, uh, 35-21. I'm just happy that after the uh, lap counter uh, that you haven't done the Yeah Boys thing again uh, with Zach Boys uh, being discussed on the show. That was I'm just very thankful for that. Yeah, no, don't, don't. <laughs> Cortland, I agree with you, wins this game uh, with their weapons on offense. Uh, it's going to be a shootout, actually, though. I literally a shootout to the degree of 40-34, Cortland. Not literally a shootout in the Bronx, right? A figurative shootout. Copy editor guy right here. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Cortland. I've been high on Cortland for ever since, you know, Zach Boys kind of did this uh, emergence thing. I see the clock has been at zero for days and days. Um, I go in Cortland with this one. I Ithaca has so many really complimentary players that I don't know who their outstanding guys are. Maybe I will learn tomorrow, but I am seeing Cortland in this one like 42 to 30. Okay. All right. I, 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 it was a sweep. Is that all 20 of them? No. Oh, my God. We Is that more. all 20? Are you kidding me? Would you forget this oh. game? Actually, you almost did. <laughs> all truth being told. I uh, almost in the did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coast Guard and Merchant Marine. And I guess I start this one. Um... Listen, Coast Guard is looked splendid at times this season and absolutely atrocious at times this season. Merchant Marine seems to be playing more consistent football, but when you get to a rivalry trophy game like this, it throw it all out. Having said that, I still think Merchant Marine wins, but in a close battle, 31-30. Uh, anything can happen in a rivalry game, but I don't think it will this time. Merchant Marine, as you said, having the better season, and they win this one pretty handily, 35-17. JB. Yeah, I mean, we talked to Tooper earlier, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Toops Troops on Veterans Day weekend. I think the Mariners in those beautiful new uniforms will triple option their way to a 35-20 to 20 win. Listen, I know the federal government can't give gifts technically, but if uh, somebody wants to uh, drop JB uh, a uh, jersey from this game signed by you know the, uh, the players if Merchant Marine wins this game, and that's if they win this game, yeah, we, we will not tell anybody in the federal government. Trust me. Other than we'll put it up in the background of the show, I'm sure. 
Yeah, well, you know, it, yeah. it's a replica. Or, or it was a replica. Maybe. A replica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a. I had it made online. Yeah. <laughs> so, so normally at this point in the show, we let JB say how to, how he's going to watch down in Florida the Division Three games on Saturday. Uh, Reddit CFB's graphic, of course, has helped us out a lot with that. But JB, how are you going to watch tomorrow? How do you recommend fans do it if they have a few screens to use? Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm going to be like Pat, and I am taking my senior in high school to visit my alma mater, Hobart College in Geneva, New York. We're leaving this afternoon. I'm excited. So I'll actually be watching the games from my phone. But as you can see from this graphic here, um, you know, the, the two New England sort of title games kicking off at noon, I'd start there and then sort of sprinkle in some of the Midwestern Conference titled games, you know, throughout that one to two o'clock time, time slot. I think 2 p.m. though, there's some really must-see TV with St. John's Bethel. You've got the um, Platteville lacrosse game also kicking off at two. Uh, you've got Lake Forest Chicago in the one, one o'clock, Mount Union, Baldwin Wallace at 1.30. So, I mean, there's, once again, everything's going to sort of be compacted in. You know, you can start watching games tonight if you, if you like NJAC uh, football. Uh, so a couple of uh, Friday Night Lights games at 7. So that, that'll be fun to sort of check in on that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a crazy, uh, you know, afternoon. I think there's 13 bids still up for grabs. And, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens with, with Pool C. But a lot of conference championships will be clinched. A lot of new T-shirts over shoulder pads and all that kind of stuff. Rivalry trophies, the Mayor's Cup between, you know, Wilkes and Kings. Kings is still on the bubble. Um, you know, that's a game maybe we should have talked about a little more, but it should be an exciting week. There's so many great games going on. It's, uh, it's going to be crazy. To, we'll be tweeting like crazy. Yeah, if you're in a pulsey bubble, you want to see Wilkes beat kings because they are the mystery team right now and how they're yeah. going to be treated as number two in region one currently yeah. they lose they will not be picked that's just clear as mud um so uh you and i should talk about what coverage looks like between our two different uh venues here as we begin to merge forces more uh moving over the next five oh, weeks yeah. but uh for the next few days uh what are you up Voltron. to Volt, uh yes uh, uh wonder twin powers activate um I don't know that where that just came from. Yeah. The 1980s are in my brain right now. Um, right. You know, so I'll be at uh, Cortica Jug, as mentioned many times previously. Um, and then, you know, keep an eye out for uh, on D3Football.com. I'm wearing the wrong shirt. Uh, on D3Football.com, look out for bracket projection on Saturday night. Uh, we will hold our podcast, of course, for Monday. Selection show, as Frank mentioned, move back to 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 Central, to Pacific. Um, and then, you know, I believe that we are in line to do whip around a week from t- tomorrow with all 16 first round games. So I'm looking forward to that. And, um, you know, continuing as things go forward down to Stag Bowl 49 in Annapolis, where I'll be calling play by play. I'm sure I'll have my voice back and Frank will be on the sidelines, maybe trying to stay warm. Maybe not. I, I don't know what the weather will be like that day. That's why I wear the jackets I wear. <laughs> they make me feel warmer somehow, some way. By the way, it's called the Bracket Blitz Show, just in case you didn't know, on uh, your do. own venue. I don't. I don't. I'm in charge of that show, man. Yeah. I just show up. You just show up. Sometimes. Uh, and, me uh, too. For, That's the way it's, it works great. 
Yep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate the help. Uh, anyway, one other thing uh, to talk about is our coverage as well, and uh, we will have J.J. Neckloft's interview after the completion of the uh, Turner uh, Sports NCA show uh, at NCA.com at 5 o'clock. So around 5.30, we'll air that interview, talk about how we got to where we will be on Sunday evening. On Monday, we will have the ECAC Bowl Pick Show uh, at noon Eastern time. You'll want to join us if you, uh, your team was specially uh, put in for a bid for those. Uh, there will be other bowls to talk about, the Cousins Subs Bowl, the Isthmus Bowl, uh, the New England Bowls, uh, Max Centennial Bowl. There, there's an ODAC Bowl, too. Isn't there still at this point? I think the ODAC, there's an ODAC team that's going to play Apprentice? Newport News or Apprentice. Newport, yep. That might be Bridgewater from the looks of it. So uh, there, there are bowls all over the place, which is great. We love that fact. I just wish they'd make, push them into later Saturday or something just so that we can watch them too. You know? Push them further west too. I mean, the, the yeah. guys in Wisconsin are doing great jobs. Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, let's get on it. Let, indeed, let's do that. And then, uh, as always, crunch time coming up next week. You'll want to watch Twitter for coverage. Uh, Pat will be at uh, Cortica, as we said. I will be tonight at uh, TCNJ for the Kane game. Uh, the uh, Catholic game, uh, the New Mac Championship tomorrow as well uh, against Springfield. And then CNU at Salisbury, the NJAC Championship game, 5 o'clock uh, or thereabouts because it will be a little tough to get there for the kickoff for me tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say have fun with the Bay Bridge. At least it's not a tourist weekend. You might have a decent shot. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, I will get there. That, that's the good news. So folks, we got a lot of coverage and we got a lot of things to talk about. That uh, This is it. This is the great unknown of Division 3. What we go 11 weeks to do basically is find out who's going to get to the playoffs and then we have five weeks of fun from there. So stick with both of our entities here and we will talk to you all soon. JB, have a great weekend and trip up to Hobart. I'm glad you're going to be able to get out after that storm passes through you guys. So everybody have a great weekend.